Well, hey guys, thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Thanks for jumping on board. I, this is a brand new podcast, couple episodes in, and you might be asking, what did I stumble on? Well, from news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has ideas on what we should think, how do we live, what do we make decisions on, and when even the experts all sound convincing, but they disagree, How do we cut through the noise? Well, when information is leaving us frustrated, we want to be able to sift that out. And as leadership at Grace, we've been processing and praying about these. And we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's pressing topics and questions. Welcome to Mixed Messages. Let's set the stage for today. Jeff, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing (laughs) all right. I'm glad to uh, be sitting here doing this podcast with you. It's been fun already getting some feedback on our very first episode. Yeah. We've already seen some questions come in, so make sure uh, that if you have any, you can fill that out. We'll give you details at the end of the podcast, but it's going to be fun. What are we getting in today, Jeff? Like, what's today's topic? I think we're talking about school stuff. It's the thing that's on everybody's mind and uh, what we're all thinking about. Uh, schools opening, not opening. Are my kids safe, not safe? Uh, what's my attitude about it? And as a Christ follower, you know, I'm, I'm a parent. I'm a citizen. I vote. I pay taxes. I have a say in all this. But uh, if I'm thinking about what uh, was best for my kids and then being salt and light how does the community look at what i'm doing it's that whole massive conversation that we're all having right now yeah it's a big swirl my wife and i were in the same place we have a kid in kindergarten and even just navigating that young grade yeah feels like a landmine it feels like there's no right decision almost and yet everybody's got an opinion about it we're feeling not yelled at but kind of silently yelled at as we kind of think through these things and everybody's got an opinion and we're just trying to do what's right. We're not even sure what's going on. I think that's where a lot of people feel like they're stuck. Yeah, and you feel out of control with it, don't you? Absolutely. You know, and so you have a. If your opinion is that the kids shouldn't go back to school, you would feel a criticism and a scorn, and uh, like like that's not the popular opinion. If your opinion is that the kids should go to school, uh, you're going to feel that too, and you're fighting the school board, and you're fighting the man, and you're fighting. All these kind of things, and I, I often, I, I often think of the school officials. I, I would not want to be a school official no right way. now because you can't, you can't win for losing. So, uh, some have opened, some are open partially, some aren't opening at all, and uh, there's really no way to satisfy everybody. It's a, it's a tense subject. Yeah, as a kind of aside. We should be praying for them, not just so they make the right decisions, but literally as people <laughs> to, yeah, to be navigating all of that. Yeah, seriously. You know, when you when you think about, I, th- I think that's a really good point, Joe. Like when, when you, even our listeners here, when you think about the stress in your own life and the, the anxiety in your own life and the pressure of the job and the kids at home and all that comes to go into it. So imagine being just a human being, regardless of where you're at on the position, just as a human being, uh, I got kids mad at me, I got the government defining me, I've got teachers that are mad at me or happy with me, and then parents who are mad at me or happy with me. There's no way to win. I mean, you are right there in the middle of all that and praying for them, 
the, these are human beings. You know, the principal is not a is a he's not a figure, or she's not a figure. They're a person, yep. and they have marriages and children and parents to care for and all the things that we would have. I think we forget that sometimes. We we do that to a lot of governmental officials. Mm-hmm. We we're, they're the government. And I know that they are, but they also go home at night, you know, and it, it's a it's a weight to carry for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. And it just feels like uh, they're a part of the many of us that just don't know how to navigate this year. They didn't go to school to navigate pandemics. No. Uh, they're trying to set curriculums, and they're trying to make, take care of teachers and build a program. Yep, and, and, di- and didn't see it coming yep. any more than the rest of us right. did. Yeah, right. Well, um, as we kind of dive into this, because I know these conversations have been hitting us from all kinds of angles, let's kind of start here because regardless of where you're, how you're planning on navigating school with your kids, for whatever reason, none of it just seems fair. It feels like, what do you mean I have to figure out homeschooling? Or what do you mean I have to send my kids during a pandemic? Or what do you mean I have to get them home so they can do online school? Don't you know I can't navigate that? I don't have the bandwidth for it. None of it seems fair. We love our kids. We want the best for them. School's always a big part of that. And I feel like if we're being honest, parents just kind of stuck, feel stuck in the middle of all of this, not knowing where they should be flexible, how they should navigate. Like, if a parent is supposed to invest into and sacrifice for their children, what does that look like amidst today's issues, today's culture? Yeah, so I I would uh, I agree with you. It feels unfair. It feels like kids are ripped off. You know, this spring, my uh, my son Micah, Heidi and I's son Micah, graduated from high school. Yeah. So senior sports seasons canceled, senior trips canceled, graduation. Like so, there, there's a bunch of that kind of stuff. And and what I would I think what I would say to a parent is, first of all, I would change the paradigm of the conversation. Hmm. So the paradigm uh, of the conversation, as far as the conversation that that like you and I, we are having as adults. This is not with your kids. This is us as adults. So as adults, we tend to want to argue a fairness question. And is what's happening to my kid fair? Is what's happening to me fair? Is what's happening to the teachers fair, et cetera? And I would, I would probably step in there and I would say in many ways, a fairness question is a child's question. Hmm. It's not an adult's question. So a child will say, this is fair, this is not. An adult might look at uh, a child, you might even say this and say, well, life's not fair. So if we're, if we're trying to achieve or find fairness, you're, you're chasing a rainbow that, that has no end to it. They're, they're, it's not going to work that way. You can have moments of fairness, you have moments of like justice and those kind of things, but fair as we're talking about it isn't like justice. It's, it's more along the lines of I wanted life to go a certain way and it's not going that way and it's not fair. Yeah. Well, tell that to a mom on the plains of Africa. Tell that to a dad in China. Tell, I mean, you see what I'm saying? So, so you have to be careful, I think, with even that premise. What I would encourage parents to do, and I think the biblical point of view is to think of this as a leadership question. So as a mom, as a dad, fair, unfair, that all is different time, spaces, cultures, etc. The question is, how do I lead myself and my children through this? Mm. And the more that I dive into the child's question the more that I 
fail to help my child navigate that question. Yeah. Right. So it's it's one thing. I remember this last spring, you know, uh, one of our kids was in tears and they just said, you know, I, I was like, what's wrong, honey? And they said, dad, I, my sports season, my friends, my, we had a big retreat at church they were looking forward to. It's like every, everything that I enjoy doing, I'm not allowed to do, including at that time, go to youth group, go to church. And I'm not allowed to see my friends. This was during quarantine. And I, I looked at him and I said, sweetie, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I am empathetic. I didn't say that's so unfair. You got ripped off. It, it's like, I'm sorry. Like that, that is hard. That, and from a child's perspective, that is the, the biggest thing that has happened to them. Well, then in a child's perspective, they would start into injustice see how hard my life is, see what they took from me, see how I got ripped off. And as a parent, I don't want to bite on that. I want to pull back and say, hang on, bud. Now, I, and I said this to them. I said, you know, uh, a generation ago, two generations ago, um, you and your three of your five brothers would be off to Vietnam. <laughs> you know, Four generations ago, you had gone right into World War II. So it's leadership. So it's like, I, it's, I'm sorry, it's hard, but let's make sure we're keeping this in perspective here. Yeah. We have to stay home. <laughs> and, and look at the home we live in, right? So let's think about kids who are home and don't have cable, a ping pong table, the Wii system, high-speed internet, right? And so I'm just walking them through. I'm not trying to rub their nose in it, no. but I'm tr- I'm trying to get their mind set higher, mm-hmm. right? And then ultimately, as a parent, I want to help them set their mind on things above. So let's talk about maybe what God's doing or what He could do. How do we serve? How can we help? How can you, uh, honey, not just commiserate with your friends? How can you lead them? I can't see everybody. Well, let's set up Zoom. What do, I can't go to youth group. Well, what about a Zoom Bible study with your buddies? I'll help you with it. It's those kind of things. And I think, I think at the school question, as, a, as an adult, the issue is how do I lead my children? Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can recognize that it stinks, you know, it's painful. You know, they just recently, uh, I saw Akron canceled all their practices and sports. It's like, yeah, you're a senior. That's hard. It's really stinks. It might affect your college scholarships, all that kind of stuff. Let's keep it in perspective, right? Because it's not off to Vietnam kind of a thing. And let's have a conversation about how we do hard things. Mm-hmm. And how do we count a trial as joy and et cetera? So that tone, it's not a it's not a dismissive tone. I don't mean that at all. For for a kid that doesn't have a lot of miles on their life, it's the biggest thing that's ever happened to them, right? So it's not a dismissive tone. But it's a leadership tone. Mm-hmm. Uh, how you talk about your boss, how you talk about the governor, how you respond to the school board is all part of that leadership tone that I think you're trying to set in your home. Absolutely. I'm always um, 
challenged by the fact that not only does Jesus say things like, I never promised that you, life would be easy. I never, you know, in fact, he promises the opposite. Yeah, the exact opposite. <laughs> but whenever we read through the scripture from Genesis to Revelation, God's people are often taken through hard seasons. Right. If in almost always for the purpose of redemption, bringing people to life in Christ, like to acknowledge who God is. And so for us to have these moments, it's understandable emotionally to like stop and say, why am I in this mess? I think we can kind of start looking above and going like, because God wants to take us through it because there's something else that he's trying yeah, to do. That's right. Um, now, you, I love this tone and this conversation. Are there ways that our actions, right? Like, are there things that we can do personally um, to kind of help lead our kids toward those realizations? Uh, are there ways that we can even help and affect our community through these conversations that kind of like lead the way amongst even maybe our neighbors or our friends, and again, especially our children? Like, what are ways that our, our actions, our actual motives can set ourselves up to navigate this well? Yeah, I think I think this is uh, this is where you get into the salt and light idea so salt and light is not just who we are it's what our motivation is you know so it, it and some of this changes with age right so your your little girl is in a kindergarten mm-hmm. that's kind of one conversation with her um i have three kids in high school and three in college um but my 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 uh my high school age kids just talking about that that's who's most affected by all this I'm looking at them, I'm saying, wait a minute, um, are you a Christ follower? Yes, Dad. Okay, then high school isn't for you anyways. Mm-hmm. You're there to be salt and light. Yeah. So I get it, I'm sad. I like watching you play sports. I think it's fantastic when my daughter levels somebody on the <laughs> lacrosse field, right? So I love that kind of stuff. And, and Heidi and I enjoy, we enjoy being a part of kids' lives like that. But I'm like, mm, but you getting ripped off you got the like careful what what the biggest loss here is the loss of your ability to be salt and light Mm -hmm. now what i would say is this that ability isn't lost it just has to be pursued differently and the same thing would be true like in our families right so um Normally, I would try to be salt and light, maybe with the people I'm sitting in the stands with, or, you know, because our lives kind of revolve around school like everybody else's does. So if that's pulled away, well, then I play that differently, right? So you've seen that. It's, it was funny. We did a lot of this stuff uh, when we were under quarantine, people did because they, had, they weren't defeated by this yet. They're mm-hmm. like, we're going to get through it. It's going to be over. And I would say, yeah, return to some of that stuff, like sitting at the end of your driveway and talking to your neighbors, um, opening up your home and helping with childcare. One of the one of the biggest things that's different between this fall and this past spring is we're allowed to be around each other more. Yeah. And so suddenly, I remember talking as the church staff, what was so frustrating to me in the spring is we weren't allowed to help <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because the, the big cry was, don't be near each other. Well, now we can help, mm-hmm. and we can use our resources, the church building, the staff, those kind of things. You know, we, can, we can serve people. Well, I would put that same mindset into your own home. You know, you may, you may live, um, I'll just pick on an area, may live in Fairlawn. One of the things that's true of Fairlawn is there's high-speed in- internet everywhere in Fairlawn. It's, a, it's why there's so many businesses here and things like that. Well, if I have a friend or an acquaintance who's, lives down in East Akron and their child is online 
and maybe they have a device and maybe they don't, but then they have sketchy internet. Well, suddenly I found a way to have a minister, a ministry and to be salt and light, yep. right? Uh, if I'm friends with a, a, a single mom who's got two kids who's now at home homeschooling, but she has to work, and maybe maybe I'm a stay-at-home mom, or maybe between you and your husband, or whatever you can arrange schedules, or you have maybe you have a senior in high school, and these are elementary school. Suddenly, my family can engage that completely yes. differently, right? So it, it's that take that leadership and direct it toward a missional mindset. The other thing that that does is it gets your family's mind off of what they've lost, and it gets it onto what they can start to gain. Mm-hmm. Right, and so if we take that and say, okay, what what's affected by this and what's not? What's affected by this is mostly my plans and expectations. What's not affected is my opportunities. They're they're just as numerous. They're probably just different. Uh-huh. And as a family, if we can rally around, it doesn't have to you know change the world. You know, you don't have to change the world, but just rally around maybe another family or two. Uh-huh. And what do you have? Well, you have a home. If you're if you have an older teenager, you might have a kid that can drive. You you know you've got like these resources. You have internet. Mm-hmm. You have a computer. They don't that kind of stuff. Um, and and you start looking at that, and it's like, man, you can make a a big difference really quick. And what that does, it does more than it helps you not to survive, just to merely survive. It helps you and your family to thrive. You come out of it. The kids are going to go back to school. Mm-hmm. I mean, eventually. I mean, we're not going to be this way forever, yep. you know. So the kids are going to go back to school. So what do I? It's not just get from not in school to back in school. I can invest in a person. I can come out with a relationship with a family I didn't know, and now I love them. I can I can be a, a light for Christ. I can teach my kids about how to endure hardship. There's all this valuable stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you got to lead them through it. So I would look for those opportunities, and and sometimes we provide them as a church, you know, and we're we're actually uh, working real hard at that right now. Yep. We'll, we'll come out here before too long with kind of a list um, because we didn't know schools were going to be closed either until about a week ago, right? right? right. Um, but we can be the church regardless of being organized by the church, and yep. and I think that's the heart with it. And it's amazing how those natural relationships can um, – I, I love the phrase that we use a lot around here. We earn the right to relationship. Right. And so when we're engaging our neighbors, whether it's next door or across town, um, we're, we're doing more than just helping with the basics of math. We're doing more than uh, figuring out the hours of when I can help your kids and you can help my kids. We're building in um, a, a bond of relationship that allows for so many more conversations to start sparking. And I've even found, uh, I think through this last season in particular for me, there's a lot of value and dignity in a relationship when someone is asked to help. Like so often I'm looking for ways that I can help other people. Yeah. It's amazing how people respond when I say, hey, can you help me out? Yeah. It, it, it does you, – what you've done is you've actually given them value and given them worth. Right. It's an equalizer. It's amazing. Yeah. And so – if you're feeling stuck and all of a sudden you're like, what do you mean I have to go start helping everybody else too? Like if you're feeling that desperate, one of the things you can do is build community by asking for help. Yep. R- rally people. Mm-hmm. R- rally your friends. Rally other families. Don't, don't – I, I think 
I think what I what I'm probably the most dialed in on right now as the church and then as an individual is the mindset that we're going to wait this out. That mindset has to go away. Right. Like, like you know, that we're just going to hunker down and when I'm like, no, that's we're the people of God. We do hard things. We fight back. Like, that's what we do. But our battle is a battle of love, mm-hmm. not politic. And so looking and saying, I'm not going to let my children sit around and do nothing. Our family isn't just going to hunker down and somehow to survive it. I'm not going to give myself over to negative, negative, negativity and pessimism, things like that. And then it's funny, when one person perks up, they become a, a city on a hill. Yep. And people start to flock to that person. You, if you're the person that decides you're going to throw the party in the neighborhood, um, it doesn't matter if all the neighbors come or not. It matters if some of them do. Right. <laughs> right? But it changes the tone of everything. And the people of God, we live above circumstances. So it doesn't really it doesn't really matter what happens to us. It doesn't shake our faith. In fact, it grows our faith. It doesn't alter our mission. It probably enhances it and makes our mission easier, mm-hmm. right? But those mindsets have to drive us in the day. We have, we'll have to kind of believe that, mm-hmm. you know, to practice that. I love it. Now, Jeff, as we kind of talk about a lot of these different things um, and we figure out, okay, we're, we got a lot of nuances to figure out, a lot of scheduling to figure out. We have these kind of coalitions to build with neighbors and friends and church family, one of the things we keep hinting at is there's an opportunity to invest in our kids, right? It's it's the leadership stuff. It's all about the tone. But it's also like we might have more time with our kids now yeah. than we ever would have otherwise. And so some of us, I mean, some of you watching or listening, you might be like, I know exactly the plan that I have for my kids. And we walk through this and we do these things. And that's how I lead them to Christ. And I'm sure there are others of us listening like, I've never done anything this intentional before. Jeff, what opportunities are in front of me? Like, yeah, what, yeah. what do you mean I can invest more in my children? What does that look like? So I, it it starts with a, a decision on your perspective. And the decision is this simple. And this sounds a little – I'm not trying to be snarky, but sometimes I can't help myself. <laughs> um, am I stuck with my kids or am I given my kids? Yeah, It's a very – I know it sounds simple, but it's actually a very profound difference. Am I stuck with my kids or have I been given my kids? Um, And and I think I need to look and say I have been given my kids, right? Now, that's not always easy because they wear wear us out and mine too. (laughs) just, Just last night I went home. And I had worked a long day, like most days, and like the kitchen's a disaster, and my children are all sitting in front of a screen somewhere, and I'm like, okay, Lord, like, is there anything in the Old Testament that allows me to like smite them right now? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So, you know, it's it's a deep breath, it's a getting them engaged, it's, you know, being there with them, it's all those kind of parenting things that can be hard. And when you're under the gun, and whenever we're all cooped up together, you know, people get on each other's nerves. It's, mm-hmm. it's a part of it. But if I can make that fundamental decision that I get an opportunity to invest in my kids, then what I do from there is, is I, I would actually start mapping that out. 
So we know right now, for instance, that we got nine weeks. Right. You know, I mean, that, that seems to be the window. If your school is closed, that seems to be the shortest window. My guess will be it'll be the whole till the end of the year, Probably. you know, but we'll, who knows? We'll right. see. So, but we know we got nine weeks. I would look and say, okay, how do we approach the nine weeks? The kids are going to get limited instruction online. It's the way it works, right? They're going to have their homework, those kind of things. So there's plenty of room for a Bible class. So are we going to watch, if they're younger, are we going to watch a, a half-hour bio, animated Bible story? If they're middle high school, are we going to get out um, – uh, the Bible Project videos and watch those and talk about those. If they're older high school, verge of college, maybe you're watching the American Gospel 1 or the American Gospel 2. Mm-hmm. All these resources are out there. They're usually video-based. That you know, If you're exhausted, you're like, I don't have time to study the book of Habakkuk. Well, somebody's done that and animated it for you. <laughs> you know, right. But it's you looking and saying, I'm going to build that into a schedule. I would do the same thing with like gym class. Like they're driving me nuts, you know? So you get, you know, you kick them out of the house. Well, I'm like, I gotcha. Sometimes you just need to kick them out of the house. <laughs> um, other times you can look and say, okay, how do, how do we redeem this, right? How do we redeem this? We're gonna go on this hike. We're gonna go on this bike ride. We're gonna turn this into a fun activity instead of an interruption into my day. Now, obviously, that stuff is can be hard if you're working all day because you might be Zoom brained, mm-hmm. you know. And so that that's where it gets into. But I think you get the idea. Like you, you take the the bull by the horns, and you say we're going to work to redeem this. And if you're working from home uh, and you're working on a computer, then you know how to schedule things. You know how to put a project together. You know how to do that kind of stuff. You're just doing that with your children, and mm-hmm. you're putting intentionality into it as you move forward with it. The other thing, I, you know, Heidi and I homeschooled for years, so we're a little bit used to this, I suppose, but our, we don't anymore, but we did. The other thing we did was we shortened the week up and had long weekends, you know? And so uh, it's amazing how much you can get done and so we would do all their homeschooling in four days, and then they had three days off. It was a motivator for them. It was a motivator for us. And uh, we, we used to call it Family Fun Friday because our, our, that's my day off. And, and so we would go do something. And we found ways to motivate the kids, to move them forward. So you just have to think it through like that. And, and one of the things that the Scripture says is the Scripture says that we do things decently and in order. Mm. And so letting life happen to you is not really the mindset of a Christian. Um, now, controlling life, you know, controlling every detail is actually not the mindset of a Christian either. It's trusting the sovereignty of God. So I'm, I'm okay that God has me where he has me. How do we redeem this now that we're, that we're here? Yep. And there are, by the way, guys, there are... Uh, I know that most of us don't homeschool. I'm not even necessarily advocating for that. But if you Google homeschool, Google schedules, Google activities, there's a gazillion resources that you, you because your kids go to school normally, you wouldn't have normally thought are there, but they're out there. And you just get after those things a little bit and put a plan together. 
There's a, um, a passage that's been really helpful for me as I uh, parent Ainsley um, is Deuteronomy 6 just gets into lots of like really just kind of clear instruction that this is your role as a parent to invest yeah. in your kid. And I love what you're saying, Jeff. Um, verse 5, or excuse me, verse 7 actually says, talk about uh, these things, these disciplines, loving the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. And I think the principle that you're laying out for us and that um, Moses is getting into here in Deuteronomy is as parents make the plan. Yeah. Like, it, it, you don't have to be a Bible scholar. You don't have to have all the answers. But are you going to do something in the morning? Are you going to do something during the day? Are you going to do something in the evening? Are you going to do something before you go to bed? Because if the answer is, I don't know, the answer is no. Yeah. And so, like, what are you doing that's intentional to start building into this type of time, even if you have to learn together? That's right. And and the way the way that our, our, our culture, and I don't mean this critically. I just mean it like... Matter in fact, reality, yeah. matter of factly, yeah. the way that our culture works is is it separates our families. So my kid has his part time job. They go to school here. They go to football practice there. Blah blah. You know, dance lessons, whatever. And and so we we as parents we joke about it. We run them around, but we're not really with them. We we drop them off. We wait on them a lot. We spend a lot of money on them, <laughs> but we're not. We don't really participate with it. Well, this is an opportunity to shift that up a little bit. You know, gym class can be raking the leaves. It's physical activity. Right. And let's be honest, you're going to break more leaves or play more badminton of course, over the course of your life, right? And so <laughs> it, it, it's, it's those kind of things. Um, math class can be building a treehouse, right? You just, you just, and that's this principle. Um, Bible class can be a hike, Right, right. It, 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 you're just mixing it up. So it's not the way that we tend to think. We tend to think school, church, life is how we tend to think. And we have an opportunity right now to be like family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it all, it all just kind of meshes together. Yeah, it's fun. It, it, it's because the, the very next verse in Deuteronomy 6 actually says, tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads, write them on your door frames in your house. I feel like it's it's almost old speak for just get this stuff everywhere. It's not meant to be segmented. It's supposed to be plastered all over. Yeah. You know, so that it's continually being ingrained into the, our very uh, character. It's it's the fabric of who it's, we're it's, becoming. It's, it's living life together yes. is, is really what it is. That's awesome. Well, Jeff, these things are... Um, such a big, big deal. And I think one day our kids are going to look back on these years in the same way that we would look back on things like 9-11. And there are different circumstances, Mm -hmm. but we look back at those things in our history or back into uh, different things that happened in the 90s or 80s or even beyond that. They're going to look back on 2020, (laughs) everything that happened this year. And my biggest prayer as I go through this, did I reflect the heart and mind of God through this? Yeah. Um, And and that's what I hope um, we can do as parents and lead them through this well. These are very, very helpful things, Jeff, and uh, I'm looking forward to how we continue to learn and interact with these things as a church and as a community, uh, all pointed to Christ. These have been great conversations as we think through and pray through all of this, and I'm excited to continue these touch bases moving forward. 
So uh, make sure that you guys, as listeners, as watchers, that you guys submit your questions to us. We want this Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue podcast to be something where we're answering real-time questions, things that are going on in our lives on a daily basis that we just need help navigating that Christ-oriented response. So you can always go to our website, bath.gracechurches.org slash messages. Fill out that form. We'll get those questions, and we'll start answering those as quickly as possible. We'd also love for you to subscribe, follow us, send us a direct message if you need to. We'd love to hear from you and engage you and help you in any way that we can. And of course, on any weekend, you can join us uh, here at Grace. If you're in the Akron area and you want to be out and about, hit our Saturday or Sunday services up. We'd love to see you and meet you. If you're still uh, hanging out online, we'd love that. Or of course, if you're out of the Akron area, we'd love to join uh, for you to join us online. And we'll see you, of course, on all of those platforms. Thanks for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all of the mixed messages around us. We'll see you next time.